time once again for Two Girls, One Podcast, the show that gives you the Mondays in a good way. This week's thrilling episode is about slowly combing through thousands of hours of footage of John Malkovich's face in order to freak out the internet for 10 minutes before everyone gets back to playing Fortnite. And now here are your hosts, whose faces are irrelevant, because this is a podcast, Jennifer Jamula and Allison Goldberg. Hi, everyone. I'm Jen. I'm Allie. Welcome to Two Girls, One Podcast. As you all know, Allie and I are performers who use the internet as our script for many years in our show Blogalogs. It was a live comedy show, and we played different characters performing Reddit threads, Craigslist posts, all of that crazy jazz on the internet. Then we decided to make a web series out of it, meet the people behind the post. We had interviews of them. It was called Two Girls, One Show. And we also went on scripted adventures. And then the next iteration for us is Two Girls, One Podcast. Here you are, welcome, where we are interviewing people behind internet posts, communities, and phenomena that we find interesting. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, Allie. Welcome, Matt. Hey, quick complaint. <laughs> oh, yes, great. Sir. Great. I'd love to start that off with a bang we're we're a minute in quick complaint you, jen cool. you say as you all know but like they all right don't, you they know not what know. matt sit down sit down what if they're listening it for is, the first time it's a little presumptuous it's presumptuous thank yeah. you yeah it is cool i just um well now we now cool that we disc. got out of the way that jen is a, a raging narcissist <laughs> Um, raging that's definitely how i would describe her we hear from the fans in our discord and since we hear from them i'm like well you guys are listening and you all know that but you're right there could be some new there there are new listeners but that's just me being raging narcissist again i'm totally kidding um i do think that most of our listeners are not in the discord get your asses in there Discord.gg slash 2G1P. I know that we're getting into this, but, um, you know, listeners, longtime listeners know we have a voicemail number. And I just have to make a quick note here. We get a good amount of calls to the voicemail line and a good amount of them uh, are like hangups. Honestly, they're like huh. missed calls. People call someone somewhere calls in. They do not leave a message. And my, I have oh, two they theories. Think we're we're going to answer. That's my thing. I, it's like either it's a wrong number and they didn't intend to call us or they're nervous that like, we're actually going to pick up the phone. I want to say no phones ring when you call this number. It's a Google voice line. It does not ding us or page us. There's no way we will we can possibly physically answer the phone and talk to you. It is just a voicemail box. Don't be shy. No, but it sounds like that's what they're disappointed about. They want to talk to us. And when we don't answer, they hang up. Oh, oh no. Oh, sorry. All right. I, I had the opposite read. <laughs> they could also just be curious if it's about real. what it sounds like. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, um, well, for those who actually want to talk to you, should we give Jen's home phone? Yeah, number? definitely. No. Definitely. <laughs> um, six one Oh, I need <laughs> to set some boundaries. <laughs> I need to set some boundaries. Anyway, I am very excited for today's interview. And I know I say that every week, but today's interview is fucking serious. I'm a little terrified, but also excited. You should say scare sighted. Yeah, Yeah. scare sighted. Um, That's true. (laughs) Why are you so excited? Well, I think it's a really interesting phenomenon that we're going to see really take off. And I think most of the repercussions are negative. <laughs> and I am a little worried <laughs> about the world falling apart. Um, but also, yeah, this guy's using it in a not nefarious way. <laughs> what yeah, is it? So I'm not yet. What are we talking about? Nukes. Nuclear technology yeah. is the topic of I our show I think it can today. be used for good, but it's mostly being used to destroy the world. Power plants, good. Bombs, Bad. less good. We're actually talking about <laughs> deep fakes. Deep fakes. Deep fakes. Even the word mm. sounds scary as hell. <laughs> you know, because it sounds uh, like yeah, deep state. That's why. It sounds like conspiracy oh. theories. That's my theory on mm. that but it actually stir- stands <laughs> that's my theory on theory <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. and scene i'll see y'all later it stands for <laughs> deep learning plus fake 
which is never a good combo. <laughs> the one I'm familiar with was Obama and Jordan Peele was doing an impersonation of him saying something ridiculous. And they actually made Obama's mouth look like he was saying the words. You've all seen that, right? Yeah. Like basically yeah. they make people look like they are saying things that they are not saying. Like Photoshop was one thing. Now we can make videos look like something that didn't happen would happen which is fucking terrifying yeah mm-hmm. the person we're talking to today is a deep fake artist who actually contacted an impersonator and the impersonator made a video of himself reciting a poem as like i don't know 15 different actors and then to show how amazing this technology is, the artist, uh, Sham Shabuk, I'm not quite sure how you say his name, but we'll find out. Um, he superimposed, he, he used AI to put the face of the actor on the impersonator. So rather than taking like already existing footage, he actually contacted someone to do these impersonations and then just showed how amazing this technology is. Um, it didn't scare me any less though. I saw this and I thought, oh my God. Like, you know, when I first watched the video of the impressionist, I was like, wow, he's yeah. really good. His face is actually looking yeah, like these people. For the first couple <laughs> seconds, so I was like, wow. And then you're like, oh, yeah. It's so hard to convey a visual thing on a podcast, but you know, the, the impressionist is Jim Meskimen and he, imagine he's just a, a guy, you know, and he, then he starts doing Nick Offerman's voice and then almost magically his face transforms into Nick Offerman saying Nick Offerman's words in his voice. That's the video that uh, this creator made. And it, 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 and there's lots of these out there now. Uh, an impression. Uh, my favorites are with Bill Hader. Bill Hader does impressions of uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and stuff. And these are just clips yeah. from late night shows. Uh-huh. And uh, people do the, create the, do, give them the deep fake treatment by plugging images of Arnold Schwarzenegger into a neural network, then they take clips of Bill Hader into a neural network and AI, and, and we'll learn more about the tech, but AI kind of like maps the two faces together and generates video imagery of the faces that doesn't actually exist. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger did not say the words that Bill Hader is saying, but in this sort of mashup, it looks visually like the faces are transforming. And it's, uh, it's amazing. And I don't want to... I think a lot of it is like, oh, it's made by AI, and I and this technology is not possible without AI. But I'm very interested in the meticulousness of our guest's process. I w- I'm eager to hear about it today. Yes. I have a I have a bone to pick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Daily Dot covered this particular video um, that we're, we've been talking about with Jim Meskimen and this guy Shamuk Sham zero zero K who altered his face anyway so a lot of people are going crazy about deep fakes because they're like oh my gosh in the election this is gonna be used to make candidates look like they're saying something that they're not saying which i think is really real and frightening so <laughs> daily dot wrote despite the fervor however a recent study found that 96 percent of all deep fakes online are related to non-consensual pornography and not politics oh Great! Yeah. It is only being used uh, woo. to harass women. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Mm. In, in all seriousness, this the deepfake stuff started getting, I don't want to say popular, but or mainstream. It's certainly not yet, but um the primary use for it, I think, in the early days was putting celebrity faces onto porn actors and actresses and uh creating like fake celebrity porn and we covered it truly in depth we we really did and and we're pretty proud of that coverage and and pointing out all the like terrible horrible problems with consent and likeness stealing and things of that sort uh so there's a lot a lot of uh digital ink written about this uh, on our site and others i know i just like the however it's non-consensual porn not politics don't worry (laughs) everybody sleep at night except for ali um Cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, also just to say revenge porn, I think is something this is yeah. being used for as well, which maybe we'll talk about mm-hmm. with Sham, um, which could just be like everyday yeah. people. Like, you know, it's just ugh, the world, the world. Well, let's save this conversation for our guest, um, because I feel like we could talk ourselves into a downward spiral of um, <laughs> depression, maybe some alcohol <laughs> drinking and, and drugs. Should we move into trivia? Probably. <laughs> Probably, yes. I have some for you. (laughs) Speaking of faces and artificial intelligence, today's trivia is about a technology developed by researchers at Stanford University. That's a different college. I know you guys went to Yale. Yeah. And you're all I've I've never heard of Stanford. There are other universities that do important. 
Okay. Okay. Cool. It's, it's it's a pretty it's prominent not Yale, school. So. No, it's it's not Got up it. to that Got level, it. but it's cool. people seem to like it. Yeah, they respect it. Researchers analyzed more than thirty five thousand faces in online dating profiles, Ooh. and based on facial analysis alone, no other data, no statistics, no like bios or anything, just the faces. This AI could determine something with 81% accuracy. Ooh, I'm excited. What could the AI see in these faces? Good one, right? 81% accuracy. Your choices are A, the person's sexual orientation, whether they were straight or gay. Whoa. B, the person's income level within tiers of 10,000 US dollars. So, oh, this person makes 30,000, this person makes 40,000, you know, within those brackets, the the AI was 81% That increment is small. I think so, yeah. That seems pretty pretty good, if true. C, whether the person is currently raising children. Those are (laughs) your choices. That's just like, that's just whether their children are in their profile photos. Also, like, if they have bags under their eyes. Yeah, like, oh, there's a child in the photo. (laughs) They're raising children. Like, it's not not advanced technology. You know, Matt, since you've never been on a profile, you can also, there's like a little check mark box where you check if you have children or not. Well, just to clarify, this AI did not have access to any biographical data, oh, right. checkboxes, bio, just faces. And I'm going to say there's no children in the photo. It's literally like, does is does something about your physiology change when you have kids is what this AI may or well, may not have been. Well, that's fucking terrifying. I know someone, not well, but like a high school, an old high school friend who had a child recently and she keeps posting in her Instagram stories about how her face has changed since she's had a baby. <laughs> she's like, I feel like I look different. I don't know. Like anyway, good or bad. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if that's actually Like it's like a weird humble uh, brag. Like I'm just glowing all the time. Like, I don't. I think she's just saying. Her, the sh- she's like, is the shape of my face different? She's like taking polls on her Instagram. Oh story. my god! I hate social uh, media. I don't, I, <laughs> anyhow, I I really don't know if that's a thing. I feel like I heard a was something like that that was a study about sexual orientation for to me this sounds like somewhat offensive like oh we can tell I by the shape of your face but i feel like i read something about this yeah, god we can't win so with familiar. these answers but i but um, b i would almost go for if the increments weren't so small if it was like oh we could tell your income to like twenty thousand or something but like increments but ten thousand yeah. is like to tell like people look different if they make 30 versus forty thousand. i don't know do i look poor yeah, to you does the plastic <laughs> surgery go up <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with A. Jen goes with A. I'm gonna go with A because Jen um, broke that barrier for me, so I can also choose A. Mm-mm. Yeah. Okay, you feel comfortable. Great. All right. You both choose sexual orientation with 81% accuracy. We will find out the correct artificially intelligent answer after this very important and very expensive money-making commercial break. And now a real advertisement entitled To the Beautiful Lady Who Saw Me Pooping M4W from the internet's number one toilet-based dating app Craigslist.org Me, taking a huge poop in the 15p pizza bathroom You, drunk Beautiful. Discovered that I forgot to lock the door in my haste. Look, I know it must have been awkward for you to see me in that state. And especially since it didn't seem to bother me that you walked in. We made eye contact for a brief moment. You have the most beautiful brown eyes. No pun intended. I said, Hey, beautiful lady. Right as you slammed the door, and I meant it. Everyone poops. And now that you have seen me pooping, I feel like we have already moved our relationship to a higher level. If you read this and feel the same way, respond. I hope the smell didn't offend you. I ate Indian food for lunch. So talking about pooping is gross, uh-huh. but I think that person had a really sound uh, a sound reason for why they should take their relationship to the next level. So it's <laughs> it's a tactic. Just leave the door unlocked. 
That's um, everyone. Let us know how it goes. Oh, do you think that's what I should start doing in public I mean, restrooms? Is that how I'm going to find my man? I won Adam yeah. over. <laughs> I mean, it's a surefire way to get the fetishists. Any dude who wants to be peed on, yeah, you know? Yes, yes. Okay, let's hear the trivia answer. Trivia! <laughs> today's episode is about deep fakes, and today's trivia is about some research at Stanford University. Not as good as Yale, I know. Okay, okay. They analyzed 35,000 faces in U.S. dating profiles and based on faces alone, could determine something with 81% accuracy. You both picked A, the person's sexual orientation. You picked that over B, income level, or C, whether the person currently has children. Uh, You guys are sticking with your answers. God, if we're not right, we look terrible. Yeah, I'm sticking (laughs) with it because I feel like I read this somewhere, even though I don't know how it's true. Yeah. Okay. All right. The correct answer is... A, oh, sexual thank God. orientation. Thank God. You did read it yeah. at Yale. We read sometimes. <laughs> we read things. <laughs> so what, what is it all about? This is so nuts. Uh, yeah, it's really, uh, you know, on the one hand, it's like, oh, that seems problematic. And on the other hand, it's basically they found like, obviously, like sexual orientation is, you know, part of who you are. It, you're, it, you are born with it and it expresses itself in facial uh ways i guess i think it's because uh, the men are gen- groomed and chiseled and attractive well, so that's interesting. you know what i mean <laughs> so this is from the guardian which covered the study uh the research found oh and i will clarify one thing 81 percent accuracy for gay men 74 percent accuracy for gay women so up. uh slightly less but basically you know i mean gaydar has been a <laughs> thing that people feel they sense and perhaps there is some science to it so So research found that gay men and women tended to have, quote, gender atypical features, meaning if you have a lot of straight people, they all have certain features. And then people who are homosexual have uh, different facial features. Maybe they're very subtle. Uh, Gender atypical features, expressions, so maybe actual facial expressions and, quote, grooming styles. Uh, essentially meaning that gay men appeared more feminine and vice versa. The data also identified certain trends, including that gay men had narrower jaws, longer noses, and larger foreheads than straight men, and that gay women had larger jaws and smaller foreheads compared to straight women. Over 35,000 pieces of data. Cool. Well, now that we've alienated a significant portion of our listeners, (laughs) I think it's time to get to our interview. Yeah. Why why do you feel that way? I mean... uh, there, there's part of the culture that's like, oh, you know, people who choose a lifestyle and like we know that's bullshit. And now there's one more genetic piece of proof that this is uh, innate in people. Right. I know. It's just like I, I get it. Totally get it. But it's also kind of a tough pill to swallow. Right. If the trivia was like they could identify Jews by their facial features, I'd be like, oh, God, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, but uh, so, but here's the thing. Uh, and maybe they can. Look, I maybe mean, they can. I mean, look, when I'm swiping, I fucking know if a dude's Jewish immediately. So there's that. You know what I mean? I mean, sure. Because his mother's in the photo. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Not to get too philosophical, but like race is bullshit. So like, am I Jewish? Like that's that's a lot of that's a religion. It's a ethnicity. Like that's all. These are all constructs. Mm. Being gay is not is not an imaginary societal thing. You either are or you aren't. So. That is sort of that's how uh-huh. I read this. Now, the the thing that the Guardian article points out is like, well, imagine if our algorithms could determine your sexual identity from a photo. Well, that would be great for advertising and all oh, this well, and political yeah. shit. You know, also so, if you want to find out if your kids are gay. <laughs> well, sure, yeah, that, that well, which may be good or mm-hmm. bad, I don't know. But um, but yeah, so again, if you weaponize this technology, bad news. But probably good news for people struggling with uh, identity or trying to understand like you know that that this is a genetic thing oh stanford good work or not i don't know (laughs) it's interesting though speaking of interesting (laughs) thought provoking (laughs) how do we feel about it (laughs) our guest is here to discuss deep fakes everyone please welcome to the show shamuk that's sham 00k who's a deep fake artist welcome sham oh yeah thanks for having me Excited to have you here. So I think we just wanted to start with before the world comes to an end. Uh, can you just explain what are deep fakes <laughs> um, for those of us listening who might not fully, you know, understand yet? 
Yeah, sure. So deepfakes are, it's basically face swapping technology that is uh, achieved through artificial intelligence and deep learning. Basically transfer a likeness from one face to another. Face Off, starring Nicolas Cage. Basically, yeah. Great movie. Cool. Uh, So currently, what are the most common uses for deepfakes? I'm sure everyone's seen them on YouTube the, yeah. like with the Bill Hader impressions. Um, that's mainly the thing of like uh, switching out actors in different movies. They're the most mainstream ones at the moment. I'm detecting an accent. Are you from Australia? Uh, England. England. <laughs> England. Oh, I'm totally wrong. England. That was a terrible guess. <laughs> Other side of the world. I'm going to go hide under the table. <laughs> Even though everyone already can't see me, um, so do you think? We'll edit that out. But don't like worry. here in America, do you think that we're all fucked? Because we have some political <laughs> problems. So for you, over we're not the only ones. Where you know. are, yeah, Brexit was no good either. Because yeah, I no, loved, no political problems in the UK. I loved your no, sunny answer, but let's be serious. Are we all gonna die? Potentially, no. I don't think so. It's. <laughs> There's so much fear mongering going on about this technology. It is not as dangerous as people think it is. There's always ways for people. If you look at a deep fake, you'll always be able to say that's a deep fake. And that's the way it will stay for a long time. How? What are the signs? How can we tell? Yeah, I was, I was cur- curious about that. How there, do you spot that? Yeah. Okay. So uh, there are, there's like metadata, there's artifacts left behind. You, you wouldn't be able to look at it and say, right, that's a deep fake, but with all the te- uh, tools that like Google are developing, the detection is always going to stay one step ahead of the creation of it. Because here's the thing. I'm a fan for all weird shit, face swapping, etc. But I would have looked at Facebook mm-hmm. a few years ago or all social media and been like, this is for baby photos and selfies and there's going to be no political problems here. Well, that was naive. <laughs> <laughs> You're an idiot. I feel that to say that deep fakes, and I don't mean to be putting you on the spot. That's actually not what we want to get into today. But uh, I feel like no. deep fakes are, they're definitely going to be used in the wrong ways. And people are going to believe them because they believe random posts on social media. I can see where you're coming from. Um, so let's roll back a little bit before we get into all of this. Um, Sham, how did you get into this work? Uh, so I'm a software engineer by trade. And obviously, deep faking is all machine learning. So I saw it as a, as a challenge from a software engineer point of view. And then it's just been progressing since there. I think I started about two or three months ago. And yeah, this tech is just evolving every day and it's just a new challenge every day. So when did you decide to make um, the video with Jim Meskimen where you transformed his face as he did impressions? That was about a month ago. I approached him because all the videos you've probably seen so far, it's just one face in one video. And I wanted to see, right, okay, what's the what's the potential of doing 20 faces in a video? You know, how can I make the process more efficient, speed it up? So I approached him about a month ago. He was on board from the from the start, um, and then it probably took about two weeks to finish the video. Wow. Did you guys decide together which impressions he was going to do, or he just sent over a video with 20 impressions and then you went to work? He did start with a list. He said, um, we bounced a few ideas back and forwards, and then he said, well, look, I did a viral video a couple of years back. Let's do the same, um, but just deep fake it this time. So then he sent me a list of 20 celebrities, I said, right, that one might not work because uh, all the source footage, they're wearing glasses and glasses don't work well with deep faking. And then we just cut it down to a list of about 20 celebrities that work pretty well, I think. So I was curious, does it make your work easier that he is so good at kind of taking on the expressions of these people? 100%, yeah. Because if you've just got a completely emotionless face, Robert De Niro is not going to come through anywhere near as well, is it? Right, right. So we have no idea how this works. So could you walk us through the process of how you create a deepfake on a video like that? Sure. So you have, how do I explain this best? So let's take the the first face on that video was John Malkovich. So I would go through like films with John Malkovich, interviews, TV shows, and cut down about an hour's worth of footage of just his face, like close-up shots, high definition. And then from the hour of footage, I then run some 
facial extraction software that just pulls his face. And then from that, I've created a face set of about 20,000 pictures just of his face. I then place that into the deepfake software, which then it, it learns the landmarks, the the wrinkles, the how his face reacts to different ways. And then you train that against Jim Meskimen's face and it transfers over that way. Does that make sense? Yes. It does. Uh, let me ask an additional question because uh, I've been reading about it and the way I understand it is you feed a bunch of I- video images of uh, John Malkovich into the computer and it has enough data then to draw John Malkovich's face in a new way, in an expression that you didn't actually feed it, but it has enough data to create his face uh, in any pose you want. Uh, and that's kind of the machine learning aspect of that. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, that is pretty accurate. Okay. And at the start, because it is machine learning, at the very start, you won't be able to notice that it's John Malkovich, but over the course of a day or two, it just gets better and better because it's learning off its own. It's like a brain, really. I'm trying to think of an analogy to something that, yeah, we, that's what, that, um, we, that we use all the time. Like we feed a computer a bunch of data and then it generates stuff for us that uh, permutations of that. Right. And I can't think of the right analogy. Maybe you have a better one. Well, I do feel like the, the mainstream thing that everyone kind of knows is Snapchat's face swap. <laughs> yeah, but I do think it's different because, again, it's not putting video. It's not putting video of John Malkovich onto yeah, yeah. Jim Meskimen's face. It's generating a version of Malkovich right. that doesn't exist out exactly, of lots yeah, of data. Yeah. Right. It's creating a whole new face, an image that yeah. is completely brand new. I think deep faking is like face um, Snapchat's face swap, but on steroids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay. There you go. And what is the software that you're using to do this? It's called Deep Face Labs. Um, it's all open source. Um, I've made some alterations to it, to it myself, but anyone can download it and start using it. As long as you've got a reasonably decent computer, oh, you'll shit. be able to deepfake anything. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. just a lot of time and patience. I mean, I ran my machine learning software for about 24 hours a day for about 40 days before I was a point where I could do the Jim Meskimen video. Wow. It's a lot mm-hmm. of time and patience and trial and error. And I'm sorry, you said the software was pulling the clips of John Malkovich, for example, from various places, or were you actually looking at all those clips and deciding what to no, so, Yeah, I do that. I'll just go through YouTube, gotcha. download like, interviews, films, and merge them together myself doing that one. Well, that must have been kind of fun, but also extraordinarily tedious. I can't imagine. When you've got 20 faces to yeah. do, it is very, very tedious. Wow. But you guys agreed on 20. You weren't like, ah, give me seven. I said to him, let's do between 10 and 20, and he decided yeah. to go for the 20. I mean, it's really impressive and wild. It's very subtle at first like jen and i both were like oh this guy's a really good impressionist his face like really look then we were like oh wait he's being deep faked it's not until the mustache or nick offerman yeah. and you're like oh it's definitely yeah. <laughs> grow a mustache for lay people what are the signs like what should we all be looking out for so that we can know something is a deep fake because i do think eventually it'll proliferate so that they're just deep fakes everywhere so how can we identify them i'd say the main thing is the eyes because your nose stays in the same place all the time, really, but your eyes are constantly moving, there's a lot of jittering on deepfakes with eyes. That's the main thing. If you look through some of the old deepfake videos online and you actually take a close look at their eyes, you'll notice that... They look insane. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They're looking in the complete wrong direction and they're just going mad, yeah. Well, that just adds to the to trying to make someone look like a psychopath, I guess. But yeah. <laughs> if that's yeah. what you're going for, yeah. Exactly. Okay. And what what else? It's the, oh, the jittering, the actual face itself. Um, so imagine you've got a mask on your face up up to just above your eyebrows. That's what the deep fake software focuses on. So if you look at that area, a lot of the time it will actually move separately to the rest of the face in the head. Wait, you're saying it doesn't include the forehead? Not yet, no. There are some experiments which do that, but not. Why is the forehead well so the complicated? Because then you've got the hairline as well. Uh, it, it doesn't look right. It starts blurring the edges of the hairline and things. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. I'm safe then from all deep faking. Well, and glasses. You won't see any good deep fakes with glasses. Oh, yeah, that's, okay. that seems complicated. It just looks rubbish. Yeah, yeah it's not worth doing. How yeah. fast is the quality of these accelerating? Exponentially. It's, it's crazy how quick it's going. You'll be able to get photorealistic um, deep fakes within three to six months. But you're not worried? 
Wow. Why am I the only one who's worried over here? <laughs> Wasn't everyone worried about Photoshop and CGI? Wasn't it the same back then? Or that was um, that was my point. Yeah, I'm wondering where we are with deepfakes, the way where we were with Photoshop. Meaning, when you look at bad Photoshop, we as internet savvy people today in 2019 are like, oh, pff, this is clearly Photoshop. But when you see really good Photoshop. You, you might not yeah. know, you might not notice it, especially in a social media feed. So while I'm, I'm of two minds, I'm like, we're, it's no big deal. Like we're going to be able to sniff it out and it's just going to be the fake shit's going to be mixed in with the real shit. Yeah, just exactly. like it's always been. And the other part of me is like, this is really yeah. going to be messed up shit coming down the pike. Well, look, like deep fake visuals are getting better, but deep fake audio is taking a lot longer to get to the same point where we are with deepfake visuals. And I think without the two of them, it's going to be much more difficult to create something malicious or harmful without the two working together. Yeah. I was wondering about that. So can you currently alter people's voices through the technology or not yet? You can create someone else's voice. It's through the same sort of uh, process. You just get a, I don't know, a couple hundred hours worth of clear audio of them speaking. And then it will be like text to speech. You'll be able to type something in and it will come out in their voice. But the quality just isn't there yet. And I don't know how long it would take to get to the same level as we are with visuals. I wanted to switch gears a little bit, but, you know, Matt, do you want to ask anything more about the process before I do? It's just the media literacy stuff that is my, uh, and also sounds like Ali's big point of like, it's exponentially, getting better exponentially. And, um, but we've also had Photoshop for 30 years and exactly. we're fine. Like, no, we're we not fine. Photoshop. We're not fine. <laughs> <laughs> we're not fine. That's a good point. Election, yeah. Brexit, all this shit is swayed by people, by fake headlines and Photoshop. We're not fine. <laughs> right. Right. So maybe, maybe the counterpoint is people are fo- fooled by fake headlines. Mm-hmm. Like just yeah. text. Yeah, Anyone text. can write text. Exactly. Yeah. We don't even need Photoshop. They're fooled by words. Right. So they're definitely going to be fooled right. by words that look like they're coming out of someone else's <laughs> mouth. Am I the only one <laughs> totally. who watched The Great Hack on Netflix? But Yes, I, I agree. I guess I'm saying like, this is just the same old shit. So we're as fucked as we've always been. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying this is no worse. Uh, you know? I see what you're saying. It's the same level of fucking. <laughs> yes. And for the cool. record, I agree with you, but it's, a, it's something for another time. I'm just playing devil's advocate, maybe. Speaking I, of I don't fucking, here. what about fake porn? Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> He's like the other two are cool. This girl, goddamn. <laughs> uh, there's a there's a hell of a lot of it. Yeah, but the quality of but we got to look into the eyes. The quality of it is crap, though. It's rubbish. Okay. Because <laughs> I think it's the kind of people that are going to deep fake porn. They're not the kind of people that want to turn it into a full time job. So the quality is it's, it's a side hustle. Yeah, and it, and it is, it's creepy. <laughs> like I've come across plenty of it, like learning this whole deep fake stuff. Sure, learning. That's why. Yeah, that's yeah, why learning. That's it. it. Yeah, research. <laughs> yeah, research. Scientific research. Cool. Cool. Me too. Yeah. Me too. It's uh, it, it's weird. It's bizarre. But there's a hell of a lot of it. Well, mm-hmm. I wanted to know about the sort of amateur deep fakers or people who are doing it professionally now. Um, to, about the community around it. So I know you know a lot of things used to get passed around on Reddit. Where are people going online to share these? Are, are you part of those communities? And if so, like, what are some of the conversations around deep faking right now? Um, yeah, so there's a we've got a chat room of about ten to fifteen deep fake uh, content creators. We're always passing ideas back and forth, like updates on the software. I I don't know what the consensus is on the feeling of like you know uh, the fears and things on deep fakes. It's it's a really a tricky one. I'm still trying to decide on my position on it. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, I don't really think I could comment for the whole community, but right. there definitely is a community. Yeah. What are some of the other fun uses since I gave you a lot of shit for all the bad ones? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, it's the next generation of CGI. So when you go and see a film, I mean, have you seen the new Gemini Man with Will Smith? Yeah, I've been I've been seeing promos for that as I was researching, and I said, "Oh right, okay, Hollywood's doing it now too." Cool. Yeah, but that that's not that's not deepfaking. That's still CGI, and it looks. Oh, is it? Okay, okay. It it looks shit. It looks okay. seriously bad. CGI um, is really shitty, and I want everyone to stop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then with the Irishman with Robert De Niro and stuff, um, where they've de-aged them. It looks, it looks shit. I've seen that preview and I was deeply confused. And then I heard about that tech- or whatever they used. Is that, is that CGI? That's CGI as well, yeah. No, it's just Botox. 
<laughs> also that. <laughs> but I mean, I guarantee they spent hundreds of thousands or like a couple of million dollars doing that. Whereas I, I can do that on my $1,000 PC in about a week. You heard it here. They should give you a call. Make that Hollywood <laughs> they should. cash. I've been, I've been trying to contact them, but they don't want any of it. Huh. They don't want me That's taking their jobs. Silly. Oh, oh, yeah. I see that part. Yeah. So any, any other fun uses? Can I make Jen say things I don't want her to say? Swap faces? No, it's not fun. <laughs> fun for me. <laughs> so the main takeaways are looking to people's eyes, which is great, I think, generally, just like on the street, exactly. conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely so. in porn, always look into their eyes. Um, that's good to oh, know. Yeah, who doesn't do that anyway? Yeah. <laughs> VR porn <laughs> is all like about that. eye contact, so that's good yeah, to know. Yeah, we, we learned that. Yeah, that as porn mm-hmm. develops, it's, yeah. there's going to be a barrier between VR porn and deep fake. I like that. So in an ideal world, where do you see this moving forward? Like I've just said, it's the new generation of CGI. That is the main use and the main future I see for it, being used by Hollywood, like film production studios and things like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm working with people on tv series at the moment so it's there's definitely some potential to for entertainment purposes how i see it in the next six months this is my personal opinion it is going to be used maliciously for something i don't know whether u.s election brexit whatever it will be spotted made a huge deal of and then they are because there's no like real laws or things governing this kind of thing at the moment so something big is going to happen within the next six months to a year and they're just going to come down at like a ton of bricks. So the normal people like myself won't be able to do it as well. And they'll just give all the rights to like Hollywood studios to use it for whatever they want. I just wish that we could come down on things before they fuck shit up. You know what I mean? But that's the same case with absolutely anything. Yeah, we always do it after, which I just, I don't like that policy. Well, sure. But uh, this is uh, this is an interesting philosophical, like sort of legal question, because like it is against the law to commit. And I'm going to confuse them. Libel slander. Like if I print in The New York Times that Donald Trump said X and he didn't say that, then you could sue The Times for libel or whatever. This is the same thing. You're you're putting words in someone's mouth. We, we already have that. Yeah, law. But how do we sue so, anonymous I, Internet people who create this and then it goes viral? Oh, of course. You know, I mean, that's but but you have you have bloggers today who could write anything in text form and put it on Facebook and that entity would get, you know, sued or whatever if you can find them. So I guess I'm saying like. This is no different than what we currently have. And maybe, Sham, you're saying like they're going to clamp down on the tech when the issue is more, it's a legal, uh, philosophical issue, not a technological issue. Yeah, no, definitely. I understand that. Where do we go from here? That's the question. Where do we go from here? You've already asked it, but I like the question, like, what is this for? Like, what's the point of it? And that's interesting to me because it's like, well, what's the point of Photoshop? And the point of Photoshop is entertainment, fun, but also like advertising and commercial and, you know, Hollywood and stuff. So creativity um, and things like that. It's creativity for its own sake. And yet there's something about modifying human faces that's like, whoa, get the fuck out of here. This is creepy. Like, what? why do people freak out about that? I don't that? know. I think it just goes to the next level of personal and next level of realism. Like, it, well, to be honest, I have to sit through and look through uh, like 100,000 images of John Malkovich's face. So when I actually get to the point of transferring it to another face, it doesn't phase me that much. It doesn't seem that weird because I've been staring at his face for the past six to 12 hours. Right. But it, it's, it, I think, no, I think the main thing is it's, it's getting at people's identity when it comes to actually changing a face. Yeah, it's kind of like you're stealing their soul, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is like the face-off thing, isn't it? It's. <laughs> yeah. I, I think from an evolutionary perspective, uh, we are wired to read facial cues and to determine if we trust people based on their face and their eye movements. Yeah. And the minute you start messing with that, like you, you see a person walk into the room and you're like, oh, this guy's shady. And you just get a feeling. That's what we're messing with here. And that's what I think is is uh, freaking people out. Yeah. I suppose that's how we all interact is through our face, isn't it? Mainly. And then when you start messing with that, it's like, right, okay, what do I believe now? Yeah, I mean, it's also a little bit playing God if you're, like, making humans, like, actual puppets and making them say whatever you want them to say. I mean, that's what's happening, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) There are some limitations. I I, I can't actually make someone, I can't make Trump come out and 
um, indict himself or whatever. Not was, yet. Not yet. I think he's uh, he keeps <laughs> he he's doing that on his own. Yeah. So yeah. he'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the support, but we don't need it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't need to do that, do I? No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are some of your upcoming experiments? What you working on? I'm working on a bunch of videos with some other YouTubers along the same lines as the Jim Meskimen video, um, other impressionists, some music producers, TV shows like English TV, mainstream media, French mainstream media, just just loads of stuff, really. I've been contacted by so many people. You're a busy man. I really am. (laughs) And where can our listeners find your work if they wanted to view it? Um, I'm on YouTube under Shamook or Twitter. Um, I've got Instagram, but I never use it though. Don't go there. (laughs) (laughs) I have an adjacent question. Like, is there a business to be made? Like, is there money to be made? Meaning like if I'm a talented motion graphics artist, I can work with YouTubers to like make cool banners and logos and stuff. Like you have a skill and access to a software that like people might need for their creative endeavors. Like are people contacting you saying, Hey, can I commission a deep fake for X? Well, I've quit my full-time job because of the money I'm making off this. Oh, wow. Um, um, I've had uh, investment, um, people offering investment opportunities, setting up like studios and things like that. So yeah, there's definitely a lot of money to be made in it. All right, you heard it here. There's money in fake faces and the technology (laughs) is easy to learn. So I'm going to start manipulating Jamila and I'll see you all next week. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much, Jam. It was a pleasure to speak with you. No worries. Nice speaking to you. I feel less scared. Here's how I feel. How do you feel? I think deep fakes are like Halloween candy with razors in them. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, it's going to be fine. And I'm like, yeah, it looks really fun and fine, but I'm pretty sure there's razors in there. Yeah. And he was really adamant about the lack of razors, which is cool, I guess, till you get cut. You know, well, that's how I feel about it. And I loved what Matt said about text. There's like people get fooled by text, like literally just like words. So yeah. of course they're going to get fooled. Well, Sorry, I don't think say? he was saying that there aren't razors. He was just saying that there's going to be one really big thing that happens and then we'll crack down, right? Like I think he sort there's, of... Admi- there's going to be like a hatchet. Admitted. And then we're going to figure <laughs> out all the razors. Something <laughs> shitty will likely come out of this, but um, hard yeah. to say exactly what It, it took is. us a while to get that out of him though. But he was like, no, it's going to be great. It's going to be yeah. Hollywood, all Hollywood. And I was like, and... Yeah. <laughs> Politics and non-consensual <laughs> porn. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was good to know about the eyes, but but the problem with all of this with digital literacy is you still, the average consumer needs to want to even zoom in on the eyes. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And good luck doing that when it's a postage size stamp uh, sized image on your phone as you flip through yeah, it yeah. on Facebook or whatever. Also, yeah. I think it takes a while just to understand what this is. And, you know, I don't, I, we say this about other things. I I think we're all savvy people. We have this podcast, we like to look into topics. To be honest, it wasn't until I was researching for this episode that I had a much fuller understanding of what deep pigs were, even though I had seen videos of them, mm-hmm. heard the term, had a generalized understanding. Right. But um, yeah, you kind of, you need to do your research or that information needs to be more available to everyone. The education system needs to be completely changed. The things that they're learning in school are completely useless. I'm not even kidding. Throw like, it away. It should just throw yeah. it out. Like literally little kids should be learning. Well, they should be learning empathy and kindness. That should be taught in schools. And then, uh, and, then and digital literacy. That's it. Like, <laughs> and creativity. Because the other thing is that they say that like when the AI revolution really comes, like, the jobs that will be most in demand are actually creative jobs, not things that can be automated. So we're just learning like all the wrong fucking skills in school. In my opinion, as someone who doesn't have children and doesn't know what the fuck I'm talking about, but whatever. Oh, I was no, about I to say, they're doing a lot of stuff in school now we have no idea about. Matt's going to have to fill us in. Yeah, I don't on know. That I don't know what's happening in school. Uh, what school? I mean, my kids are little, but I completely agree. I'm very concerned about that. Uh, even at higher education, even at the college level, it's like, wait, wait, you're going to school for four years and paying whatever ridiculous amount of money for completely obsolete information and uh, digital literacy, media literacy, et cetera, is sorely lacking in uh, education right now. I, yeah. It's on my list of top concerns. According to the Wikipedia on deepfakes, the two <laughs> most <laughs> common <worth>. places, it's, <laughs> yeah. um, it's, it's amateur, they, they call it amateur on wiki, like uh, people who are just doing these. But then they also said at a university level, there's a lot of research being put into this. So mm-hmm. that's something. 
Yeah, I just think it's like people need to learn at a, a young age digital literacy. I think that's like the most important skill for obvious reasons. I mean, we're just we're living in a yeah. brand new world, and education is still old world. Yeah. So and throw and and add on top of that. Let's say, like like I said, my kids are little. Let's say you throw out their entire school curriculum and replace it with like cutting edge, bleeding edge digital digital literacy. Like everything's going to be awesome. Every teacher is going to be amazing. They go through that school system. The entire world is different by the yeah, time they get changes. out of twelfth yeah. grade. So and it's and it's it's changed yeah. again. That's that's true. That's, that's the true. challenge here. Did you say bleeding edge? Yeah. Did you say a bleeding edge? Bleeding edge. I've never it's, heard I mean, that it's before. A ter- it's a term that means like super yeah. I thought high that was tech. cutting edge. Oh. But like I guess after you get cut, you bleed. Uh, you said cutting edge. Okay. Yeah. No, it's cutting yeah. edge. And then if you really right. want to be well, on the front line, that brings us right it, back to deep fakes and the razors and the candy. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> Which I understand your analogy, but I will quibble with it because the razors in the candy and the apples was an urban legend that was not true. <laughs> you know. So like mm-hmm. your point stands, but it's not. Perfect, Matt, I wasn't saying I literally may. that people are giving Shit out candy you. with razors in it. <laughs> I think we all understand that reference, though. But, it looks but, like a Kit Kat. It's not. You know what I mean? Like, don't necessarily, don't dive you're, you're in. Don't dive in. Deep fakes are as scary as this thing that was <laughs> okay. not real and you shouldn't be scared no, of. I disagree with you, Matt. Sit down. <laughs> it's an analogy, Okay. Give me a break. Yeah. Give me a break. They're not sponsors. Please don't break me don't sing the, the theme song. They're not. Until I give you the green light. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, we didn't even get into porn. The other thing about porn is like they're not just using it for, well, I guess you can talk more about this because you said you were very proud of their porn coverage. But it's not just uh, it's not just celebrities. They're doing it for normal people. Celebrity for porn. the normals. Also, as the technology accelerates and get e- gets easier and easier to use, more people can just make whatever they want look fake. You heard it here. Sure. Look into their eyes. Yeah, Look into it. their eyes. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll say this. I am generally in your camp and it's, I talk about media literacy in other contexts, other shows. I've talked about it, uh, I've spoken about it and whatever. And I, I, I agree with you, Ali, like I would say 98%. I am as concerned as you. But you want to tell me about the 2%? Well, let's talk about the two percent. The 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 thing that this interview brought to light for me was like again, like you said, uh, we are fooled by everything. So like the situation is really bad, but adding like oh, and now we can't trust video either. Another layer. Uh, maybe who cares? Like we're already fucked. And I and that I'm not saying that to be a nihilist or a, or a doomsayer or whatever. But wow, Matt's usually the optimist in the room. Yeah. Have you been sleeping? I, <laughs> I'm saying it in an optimistic way of like, the media literacy is a real problem. It's a bad situation and deep fakes are fine and it's no big deal because it's already, it's the same shit that we've already seen is, is what I'm throwing out. It's the same shit, but worse. <laughs> is it worse? Yeah, because I think like, the average citizen is just not even going to question it. But the, um, but the my same, point is, the yeah. average citizen sees a, a headline on Facebook and doesn't. Qu- they are immediately in the comments saying like, "Oh my God, this! How could this? This is crazy!" Like the average citizen already does that with fucking text on the internet. What difference does it make if it comes out of a person's mouth on video too? I think in the case of uh, revenge porn, I mean, I'm just learning about this. I just reading some things about it. And I mean, sure. Reading. Yeah. Well, Jen's posting revenge. No, I'm not. Don't spread that (laughs) ugly, ugly rumor. Um, No, but I mean, what's so hard about it is to get it. I mean, this is obvious, but to get it off the internet and it will often be like the first thing that pops up for somebody for the rest of their life. And if it's completely faked and then there's like no way to get it down, like you could literally ruin, you could get them fired from their job. Like, I don't, I don't know. And I obviously agree. I guess I'm saying that happens every day, all the time now, today, already. If deep fakes didn't exist, what you just described is precisely what happens every day. Yeah, but they would have to use uh, videos that already exist versus like anybody could fuck no, over. No, I'm anybody. talking about in, in other forms, text, oh, image, photos. See, see. Uh, yeah. it, it is hard to escape an, in, an internet hoax about you or whatever because of the way our internet and media is structured. It is your thesis, and I'm and I'm saying that's already the case. So yeah, yeah, this just makes it 
even worse. I don't know. Right. But, yeah. It feels worse. And I guess I'm asking, why does this feel worse? And I think it's because, because altering a human face is a little rapey. Yeah. I said it. <laughs> it's a little rapey. <laughs> yeah. I think that you're right. I, I wouldn't and use those words. Leave it but, here. Uh, but you yeah. can't. You're a man. I can't either, but I just did. <laughs> There's like no bigger identity theft than to make someone say something that they didn't say. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what Sham said. Yeah, it like comes down to identity. Yeah. yeah. Right. And right. he said stealing of yeah. the soul. Dude, dude, uh, listen, but you you knew, you nailed it. Uh, Ali, you said about stealing the soul. When when people with cameras visited native tribes and they showed them photography, the natives who had no concept of what this yeah, was they were thought like, it was oh my fucking God, this is crazy. We are the normal people and these technological gods are coming and saying, I can put anyone's face on anyone. And we're like, holy fucking shit. And we're yeah, freaked out. Yeah, if you never knew what a picture was and you saw right. it, it's fucking crazy. You're like, you it's just crazy. duplicated me. Yeah. Exactly. So, so pushing that analogy forward, we know as technologically savvy people that like, all right, if I take your picture, it's not a big deal. Like, it's just a photo. I'm not stealing your soul. Is right. there a level we can get to as a society where we're like, yeah, deepfakes exist. Photoshop exists. Uh, some people use it for bad stuff. Yeah. I think you said this in a previous episode where it's like we're gonna look back historically and right now is the fucking wild west where mm -hmm. everything goes and we might not even see the end of this but like two or three generations things might be totally different the same mm -hmm. way certain advancements in our society totally upended them previously if that made any yep. sense it did and i guess i just i'm wondering like when will we come to a place of acceptance where we we know today like you look at an image online and it's like this could be photoshopped maybe it is maybe it isn't i'm just gonna be skeptical of, of most things yeah online dating you know everybody's photoshopped yeah there you go there i'm not go. for the record jen what are we gonna do with deep fakes we should do something fun with them i'm gonna make a lot of videos of me and my fake boyfriend <laughs> Yes. <laughs> just like really sexy men telling me they love me it's just gonna be a deep like a deep fake it's gonna be my little bedtime ritual what if that's what it's... finally puts me to sleep oh but it's you well, jen you could just make me a recording of you telling me you love me maybe i'll sleep at night <laughs> maybe that's what's been keeping me up like i've been doubting your love mm. you know wow well, yeah. well i i think this is better saved for off air personally okay, cool, um, cool, so. cool. <laughs> let's get out of it y'all know if you want to contact <laughs> us and tell us what you think about deep fakes your hopes fears any of your thoughts we always love to hear from you so tweet at us i'm at june bugger i'm at ali gold you can also email us at 2g1podcast at gmail.com and and you can leave us a voicemail as you know sorry don't mean to be presumptuous you might not know but actually we love your voicemails so please call us that number is 347 871 6548 that number again 347 also join our discord server discord.gg slash 2g1p you can submit questions prior to any show we'll keep you updated on what we have coming up and also just come in to speak with listeners of the show and uh, also sometimes with us Ali if they want to contribute how do they do that patreon.com slash 2G1P, please head on over there. Leave a contribution. It'll be so much fun for everyone. See you next week. Two Girls, One Podcast is hosted by Allison Goldberg and Jennifer Jamula. Then completely rewritten and re-recorded with synthetic voices. Heidi produced and edited by Matt Silverman in New York City. Production assistance is faked by the Podglomerate. This fake show is a production of The Daily Dot, the number one source for in-depth reporting about life on the internet. The Podglomerate. A sonic universe. Taking a huge poop in the 15p pizza bathroom. <laughs>